Pharmacology 2, Section 2, 6 of 17, Succinylcholine Side Effects. Succinylcholine is two acetylcholine molecules joined together. It should be no surprise that this serves as a basis for a wide range of side effects. Bradycardia. By stimulating the M2 receptor on the SA node, succinylcholine can cause bradycardia or asystole. A second dose of succinylcholine increases this risk. Its primary metabolite, succinyl monocholine, is probably most responsible for this effect. Antimuscarinics may prevent or reverse these bradyarrhythmias. Since children have a higher baseline vagal tone, they are more susceptible to bradycardia with succinylcholine. Atropine should always precede a second dose of succinylcholine in children. Tachycardia. By mimicking the action of acetylcholine in the sympathetic ganglia, succinylcholine can cause tachycardia and hypertension. In adults, tachycardia is more common than bradycardia. Potassium release. Opening of the nicotinic acetylcholine receptor at the neuromuscular junction can increase serum potassium by 0.5 to 1.0 MEQ per liter for up to 10 to 15 minutes. In patients with upregulation of extrajunctional receptors, the potassium concentration may rise even further. Hyperkalemia increases the resting membrane potential of excitable tissue. This increases the risk of dysrhythmias. Succinylcholine is safe in patients with renal failure and a normal potassium level. Renal failure patients with an elevated potassium do not have an increased release. However, the normal response to succinylcholine may increase serum potassium to a dangerous level. Increase intraocular pressure. Succinylcholine transiently increases intraocular pressure by 5 to 15 mmHg for up to 10 minutes. While some argue that pretreatment with a non-depolarizing neuromuscular blockade attenuates the rise in intraocular pressure, the text says that it's controversial and or provides little to no benefit. A classic scenario debates the use of succinylcholine in the patient with an open globe injury. This is further complicated by the patient with a difficult airway. This patient should be considered a full stomach and requires a rapid sequence intubation. Also, you want to minimize the rise in intraocular pressure as it can cause extrusion of intraocular content and permanent blindness. In reality, there is little um, evidence to support this fear. At the same time, you don't want to be the one to publish this case report either. Securing the airway is the first priority and prevention of increased intraocular pressure is a close second. It is important to point out that light anesthesia, laryngoscopy, intubation, cuffing, and or straining cause a greater rise in intraocular pressure than succinylcholine. Bottom line, now that Sugamedex is available, this may be non-issue. If that's not an option, then securing the airway is a top priority. Give the succinylcholine and prevent the rise in intraocular pressure with a sufficiently deep anesthetic. Brief laryngoscopy and intubation and prevent bucking, straining, and movement. Increase intracranial pressure. Succinylcholine temporarily increases intracranial pressure. This is minimized or prevented with a defesiculating dose. Increase intragastric pressure. Contraction of the abdominal muscles increases intragastric pressure. At the same time, succinylcholine raises lower esophageal sphincter tone. These processes cancel each other out, so barrier pressure at the gastroesophageal junction is unchanged. The risk of aspiration is not increased. Malignant hyperthermia. Succinylcholine is a trigger of malignant hyperthermia. It may increase masseter muscle tone and induce spasm. Occasionally, this is followed by malignant hyperthermia. However, the presence of masseter spasm in the absence of other signs and symptoms of malignant hyperthermia does not warrant cancellation of the planned surgical procedure.